Turk football oh, Turk, uh, and uh, happy new year I should say uh, we were expecting to record a little bit earlier this week but due to the holidays and schedules not aligning we didn't manage to get another episode out before the new year so when you will be listening to this it will be the third or the fourth of January already or maybe later because you're slow uh, not in the head but you know uh, <laughs> so happy new year from all of us here at football a la turca my name is Kam Bayazet I'm joined today by uh, Umut Nadere and Jakub Marufol because our other guys are busy um, so uh, we'll have to just do it with the three of us uh, so Jakub and, and Umut thank you very much for not bailing on me uh, this week for this episode we always got you man don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, so no yeah. no Fenerbahce representative, but we have a Trabzon spoiler, so that should be fine, right? Yeah. And there's the plenty to talk about. Yeah, and there's there's not that much to talk about when it comes to Fenerbahce. I think most of the stuff we'll be focusing about is the odd situation at Trabzon Spore that we'll get to a little bit later. Um but we are going to do stuff a little bit different. I'm going to quickly run down the results of match day 17 with goal scores, red cards, stuff like that. Afterwards, uh, Jakub, Umut and I will pick out some moments that really jumped out to us this uh, this match day. We're going to look back at the previous 17 match days pretty much in the sense of the first half of the season in general. What surprised us? What didn't surprise us? What do we think of the current standings up top? What do we think of the standings at the bottom? And just giving a little bit of a first half of the season review. Uh, and then we're going to go over the standings and we're going to go over the goal score and assist standings as well. And then next week we will be talking about our team of the decade because, of course, we are now in a new decade, 2020. The 2010s are now firmly behind us. So we can actually talk about our team of the decade, players of the decade, goalkeeper, striker, midfielder, defender. So stuff we're going to be talking about next week. Hopefully, uh, we'll have Burak and Uzra with us for that. But for this week, we're just going to focus on the first half of the season uh, quickly. And then, of course, the final match day in the Super League 2019-2020. So let's get started on Friday. Besiktas played against Gensterberli at Vodafone Park. This match ended 4-1 but uh, was mainly also uh, one of the highlights of the match, I should say, were the two red cards that Ken Sherbally received in the 11th minute. Nader Chivchi saw two yellow cards in quick... Well, actually, I think he got a yellow card and then a direct red. Um, So he got sent off after just 11 minutes. I think he got sent off from the second yellow. Isn't it that way? I think Firat Aydenus immediately pulled the red... Yeah, I think he also pulled the pulled red immediately. Yeah, he got a yellow first for complaining. Um, and then he walked away and he was still talking, I think. And then he got a direct red, I think. I guess he must have sworn. I thought it was a very, very harsh decision. Uh, but so Nadir Chivchi got sent off in the 11th minute. Uh, Floyd Aite put Gensherbali 1-0 up, though, in the 23rd minute. Then Yasim Pelivan got sent off in the 36th minute. He initially got a yellow card, but after a VAR review, he got a direct red card. That was also, I think, a correct decision. Uh, I, I didn't agree so much on the first red, but this one, yeah, this was just a poor tackle. Then uh, Domagoj Vida equalized in the 49th minute. 
Then George Kevin Kudu put Besiktas 2-1 up in the 60th minute. This is a very nice goal that you should go out of your way and watch if you haven't seen it already. Then Ozan Uzjakup scored uh, the 3-1 in the 74th minute. And Atiba Hutchinson scored the fourth goal to make it 4-1 in the first, ha- uh, first minute of stoppage time. Atiba also got three assists in this match. So he got three assists and the goal. That's uh, something I don't think he will probably have ever done before in his professional career. Uh, we'll get a little bit more on this later, but let's head over straight on to the Saturday results. Ankara hosting the Nizli Spore here, and this ended in another 2-2 draw. That's the third time in a row now that Ankara have drawn 2-2. And I also believe it is the third time in a row that they have come back from being 2-0 down. But I could be mistaken in that. Um, either way... Modu Baro for Denizli Sport, the guy that's been making uh, the nice weather, so to speak, for Denizli Sport over the first half of the season. We've praised him multiple times on the podcast here. He got sent off with a direct red card in the 10th minute for uh, a high boot, which connected to uh, the Ankaraguju player. I thought it was a little harsh. Uh, reminded me a little bit of a red card that Ryan Babel got when he was still playing for Besiktas against Sterbili a couple of years ago. I just thought this was a little harsh, but he got sent off after 10 minutes. But despite that, Mustafa Yumlu put Denizli Sport 1-0 up in the 22nd minute off of a, uh, a corner from... Um, I'm blanking on his name, former Trabzon Sport player... Uh, yeah. Zeki Avro, yeah. He, and then again, another corner from Zeki Avro in the first minute of first half stoppage time. Hugo Rodallega getting the goal there. 2 0 at half time for the Nizli Spore. Ankara bombarded the Nizli Spore's goal in the second half and did get a goal in the 66th minute through Oscar Scarione. A very nice individual effort which kind of reminisces us a little bit of the Scarione we saw four or five years ago playing for Kasim Pasha when he was. Uh, one of the better attacking midfielders in the league, um, but we haven't really seen much of that in the last three seasons of him since he returned to Turkey from his uh, one-year stint in Israel. Uh, but then he scores again in the 84 minutes to make it 2-2 from the edge of the area. Another very nice goal from Oscar Scarione, making it 2-2. Ankaragücü even almost got close to the win late on, but couldn't get those three points, but they came back from another 2-0 deficit and get another 2-2 draw, and an important point for them. Moving on to Trabzonspor, Kayserispor. This was a spectacular game with eight goals. Trabzonspor winning by six to two. A very impressive uh, display from Trabzonspor, which it, this was pretty much all one-way traffic. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Kayserispor just stuck their nose at the window, I think like twice, and, and got, actually got, managed to get a goal twice. Uh, but Alexander Surlot opening the scoreline here in the seventh minute. But I, I think Trabzonspor already had one or two chances even before that. Then uh, they had a bunch of more chances but couldn't score. But then Nwakaeme in the 37th minute made it 2-0 with a very nice goal from the edge of the area. Uh, area. Then Umar Uzun pulls one back for Kayserispor in the 43rd minute. In the 47th minute, Daniel Sturridge makes it 3-1 after a very nice assist from Alexander Serlov. Then in the 66th minute... Daniel Sturridge converted a spot kick to make it 4-1. In the 71st minute, Abdul Kadir Parmak scored the 5-1 on his birthday. 
then Artem Krevets pulled one back in the 82nd minute. And in the third minute of stoppage time, Alexander Serlov put the 6-2 full-time scoreline on the scoreboard to give Trabzonspor an emphatic 6-2 win. Then moving on to the next match, Bishakshi here beating Kasim Pasha 5-1. This was a real trashing after just two minutes. Then Baba made it 1-0. Enzo Crivelli made it 2-0 after six minutes. Then after 26 minutes, Jorge Fernandez scored an own goal, making it 3-0. Then then Baba again just two minutes later, making it 4-0, his brace. Then it took a while until the 63rd minute for Algero area. Ilya to score and make it 5-0. I believe that uh, he had already scored a goal before that, but it was ruled offside. And then Ricardo Quaresma converted a penalty in the 66th minute to put the full-time scoreline on the scoreboard, making it a 5-1, a very easy win for Bashakshi here. Moving on then, Galatasaray got also, also got a very easy win at home against Antalya Spor. Uh, the goals here coming from Radamel Falcao in the 10th minute to make it 1-0. Then again, uh, this was from a penalty, mind you. Then again, Radamel Falcao in the 28th minute to make it 2-0. Um, then André Chelushka scored an own goal in the 37th minute. Then Ryan Babel scored the fourth one in the 82nd minute. So it took a while before that fourth one went in. And then Thailand Altaliale scored the fifth in the 89th minute. Thailand had also won the penalty and he also uh, forced the own goal pretty much. So he had a very good game. Um, his first start, I think, in the league for Galatasaray. So a very good uh, full-fledged debut for him. 5-0 full-time scoreline for Galatasaray. Then moving on to Sunday. Sivas Spor, the league leaders, beating Gustepe with a 1-0 margin through uh, Mustafa Yatabare goal in the 66th minute. This was another very well-crafted goal. Uh, Fatih plays it through uh, Fatih Aksoy. For Besiktas fans, they will uh, maybe be interested in that. He plays it through to Aruna Kone, who then squares it to Mustafa Yatabari. It was a very nice attack. You should go and check that out. It was the only goal of the match uh, to secure the three points for Sivaspor. Then moving on to Alanya Sport, Konya Sport, this match ending 2-1. Erdon Dace scored the 1-0 for Konya Sport in the 8th minute, but Papi Sise equalized in the 35th minute before again scoring in the, nine, in the 95th minute. So the 5th minute of second half stoppage time, he put the 2-1 scoreline on the scoreboard. And I do think that are his first two goals in uh, quite a while, uh, but that uh, keeps him in contention uh, keeps him in contention for that uh, top scorer spot. Then moving on to Gaziantep Malatya Spor. This match ending 1-1. Kayode scoring in the 21st minute to make it 1-0. Guray Vural got sent off in the 48th minute with a second yellow card after he had already seen a yellow in the 33rd minute. Then Adis Jahovic got a direct red card in the 53rd minute. Uh, I thought that was quite harsh. I, I didn't really see him do much wrong. I, kind of brushed up against somebody like but yeah i don't know we'll get to that a little bit uh tv bufuma scored the equalizer though in the 78 minute to salvage a point from alatia sport this match ending 1-1 then the final match of match day 17 reason sport fenerbahce this match ending 1-2 denis truch had put fenerbahce ahead in the 13th minute from a free kick before abu Aberun had uh, equalized in the 18th minute, just five minutes later. Then it took quite a while before Fenerbahce found that uh, delivering goal in the 70th minute through Jalson. A very long-range shot. 
where the goalkeeper didn't look too good, to be fair. Um, that one secured to three points for Fenerbahce. And uh, yeah, a 2-1 win on the road against Rizespor. So let's uh, just dig into this, guys. Jakub, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, besides, of course, the Trabzonspor match, what jumped out to you um, this match day for match day 16? Um, not a lot score-wise, to be honest, but um, a lot of individ individual performances. Um, I'm, I'm happy to see that Thailand is actually having some uh, some, some minutes uh, with Galsray. Um He's a player that I really wanted at Trabzonspor. And, um, you know, of the big four teams, Trabzonspor is the only one that is really... Um, yeah, not to say the only one because it's going to be really controversial. Um, is one of the one of one of the biggest ones that is um, you know youth minded. So mm -hmm. I, when he went to Galstray and uh, don't think the, that's controversial. If I'm honest, I mean, you no, can't, I don't. it's not controversial. You can't say that that Galstray, Fenerbahce, or Besiktas are youth minded. I think. Yeah, but you know, every time I talk about youth, you play, you bring up players. Umut doesn't, but you bring up players. Um, <laughs> So I was I was I was a little bit nervous about him going there because you know uh, with the midfield that Gosser already has it's difficult for him to shine but it was it was nice to see him play I think he he was on the score sheet I think he had he also had uh, had an assist so that's great to see mm -hmm. um, um, I I thought a little bit I, I saw a little bit of the Chaykuruze uh, game. Um, it, it's nice to see. Uh, you know, I don't really have a lot of players, but from Fenerbahce, uh, in which I think, okay, that one is a good player. You know, um, I'm thinking more about youth players, but Ferdi Kadol isn't playing a lot. Um, it was nice to see Denis Turuc get on the score sheet. Uh, I think, I think he's undervalued a bit. You know, I I don't think he's the best player that there is, but he, as as you can see, he's pretty valuable for uh, for Fenerbahce every every so and so games. Um. The one Denis Lispor game with Zeki Auro, I just <laughs> I remember him his time at Trabzonspor mm -hmm. during all those years that he played with us. He had like one good cross in his life, like <laughs> really just one. And then he goes out and first of all he crosses the ball for the first goal. It wasn't a corner kick, and it was a fucking oh wasn't it? Eight, no, it was a cross to uh, to Mustafa Yumlu from all people. Yeah. You know? I know. I know Mustafa Yumlu well. I remember him <laughs> riding Fabian Ernst's neck to score uh, the 1-0. 1-0. Great yeah. game. Great yeah, game. Yeah. Total foul. You know, fall. so Total that fall. was weird to see. And then he went and, you know, fucking did it again. It's like winning the lottery like two twice in a row, you know. It was really weird to see. Um, it was nice to see Scariona still play. Pretty good football. Um, yeah, I actually I, I, had a had a Besiktas friend of mine saying that we should get him, and he said it with a straight face, like he <laughs> meant it, and he defended it. Like he's still defending it. Like three days later, now he's still standing by that, he, 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 and he means it. Like we should get him. Like, and I'm like, dude, this guy hasn't done anything in three years. Literally, he's not know, done anything in three years. When he was playing with Kasim Pasha, he was really one of my favorite players in the league. Great, he yeah. was really good, but you know he's. He's like 34 at the moment. I yeah, don't think I mean, if you would have gotten choice. him back then, that would have been totally understandable because he was like their best player. And they, that's not just, I mean, they had Ryan Babel back then and they yeah. had uh, quite a few good players back then. And he was their star. You know, they had Andre Castro, they had Ryan Babel, they had Adam, Adam Bug, they had 
Uh, which Ryan Donk? Ryan Donk, yeah. Yeah. Um, half of Galstray, you know, and uh, <laughs> he was their best player. But that's five years ago, and then he went on to is. I think he went to Israel. Uh, that didn't go great for him. He came back. I think he went back to Gustep at first, yeah. and that didn't really go great. And then Ankaragiju, I don't know if he's not been playing because he hasn't been getting paid or whatever it is. Because he did look. I mean, if you look at his first goal here, that was not something a guy that's completely over the hill would still be able of doing but still i mean three years and he's barely done anything it's it's yeah and he's 34 years old so yeah you I know mean, like five years ago if you would have gotten them then definitely but i don't think that basically should be looking at these types of players now <laughs> and that's my I mean, friend you... my friend said it with such a straight face and he's <sighs> still holding on to it and i'm like oh my god i just want to mm. You know. I mean, if you if you look at what uh, what Atiba did this weekend, like last weekend, yeah, but he, it's he, just but you he know, performs mid- week in week out. So yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Atiba is one of my favorite players in the league, but maybe he's thinking like you know he's old as balls. You know, <laughs> he's old as balls. Maybe maybe they you know they together maybe a good thing. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I in my opinion, like um, easily. Easily the player of the week, player of uh, match week 17 is is Atiba. He had one goal, three assists at that age. It's just it, yeah. it's just a wonderful. Just nine men though. I think it deserves a little bit of an asterisk. I mean, still. still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you still have to do it. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's like I said, I don't think you're gonna see that uh, from Atiba too often. But uh, no, it, no. it's funny because he's been playing for Bishkek now for I think seven years or six or seven years, and in the first couple of years he. <laughs> rarely even scored and this year and last year i think he i think last year he had like three or four goals this season he's already on like three or four and then he gets three assists in the game i mean this guy starts producing the older he gets it's ridiculous it's probably like damn it i have to do everything around here yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, any, anything uh, else that you uh really want to talk about before i start grilling you uh i'll do that after i have I mean, I mean, we, we can talk about the Trabzonspor issues, but uh, let's do that. Uh, yeah, we'll do that afterwards. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's going to take up some time. Uh, Umut, your highlights for the match day? Well, I really like to watch Thailand and Thailand, and I've been asking my, uh, the question: the how that kind of a guy with this quality just benched for like uh, weeks, and what term didn't like? even thinking about playing him and his first match uh, he just started it and he just uh, there was uh, he was just incredible. running rampant I think is yeah right. even though Antalya is like uh, just in a bad shape you know they started the game with a five player defense and it was like I don't know what was Stephen Thomas was thinking of a really bad tactic to go get into and he didn't even have the chances to uh, create an attack because Blanco was all alone on the up uh, on the you know forward mm-hmm. but don't he you think it's one of those cases where he I think they started off well the first couple of minutes and then they just got hit by that penalty uh, and then, then I and... have to criticize Glastry for this because the pitch was awful, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though it was raining really harsh, but you shouldn't be seeing that kind of a pitch wear on the uh, in a big club's turf, you know. 
you shouldn't be seeing it. You know, you see that uh, every other day uh, in uh, Premier League. There is a rain every single day, and they don't even experience this kind of issues. But whenever it rains heavily down in Istanbul, it's just uh, you know nightmare for the teams. And I don't even uh, say about these issues uh, back in the uh, Anatolian teams. You know, uh, the weather condition in, in the cities where they have a bad weather conditions. It's just uh, awful, uh, and you don't ha- you don't want to watch those games. You but know, is it, isn't it just uh, the clubs cheaping out on the maintenance? Really, it can be both because uh, yeah, they don't they some sometimes buy the cheap wear. You know, sometimes yeah. they don't do the maintenance proper, regularly. Proper maintenance, I think, in a in a season, I believe. Uh, Last season, Bishtesh had the really poor pitch conditions too, and, uh, and then it came out a couple of after a while. It came out that uh, they actually stopped uh, uh, using the the firm that uh, plant they um, also don't they you installed think the, the, the hybrid pitch? Yeah, I know the yeah. hybrid, and that cost like two hundred thousand euros a year or something, and they just. Yeah, but don't you think the, the rain is just going onto the drain system and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, uh, after the drainage system installed properly, the r- water just has to go under the turf and uh, th- shouldn't the players use it normally, just a regular turf, but the water was, wasn't going anywhere uh, during the game, you know, mm. it was just... Uh, uh, on the grasses, and the ball was just splashing into it. You know, there was one position yeah, but where if, 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 the, if the rainfall is heavy, there's no way you can get rid of the rain. Then you know, if it's you know, just, it depends yeah, on know, how much rain is coming down on a square square uh, meter, yeah, you know, or, or a cubic meter. And, and this is one of the main issues, uh, the because it was like I think it, it's been ten years. Yeah, uh, the arena has been built. Uh, 2012, and, I think, right? Yeah, it was. It was. It was opened at uh, that time, but uh, no, it was opened at uh, 2011. You know, yeah. in a game uh, where Sarvechetin scored the first goal of the history of the arena. But uh, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, I prefer having Mario Gomez score the first goal. <laughs> yeah, in yeah, history. definitely. Also, uh, they they were talking about this kind of uh, the uh, roof. Top uh, that was being the uh, you know roof. closing yeah, yeah yeah closing roof uh, mentioning yeah. thing but what about it they costs they forget about it you know <laughs> so much costs yeah 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 it might be but uh, that actually be useful uh, that could actually be useful for these kind of circumstances because yeah, this true. actually uh, you know ruins the game as well uh, and uh, uh, the efforts go useless because there's one uh, position where Falcao tried to chip the keeper but the as the ball was slippy and the grass was as well and he failed to do it you know <laughs> mm-hmm. the guy couldn't even do something like that uh, it was uh, an awful game to watch even though we won like 5-0 but it wasn't a good game to watch. Uh, what about other highlights from other games? Yeah, uh, I liked uh, Dennis Sturridge's free kick because I've been watching him for like three years. I know you've been watching 
him more than I do, like longer than I do. Uh, what did you think of the wall from Riza Sport? I thought the wall was in a weird position, quite frankly. Uh, you know, as it's in a very close range because it was like in a, a 18 meters something from a, a central area. So either way, it's going to be a dangerous position. Like if you don't uh, just uh, put your 10 teammates on the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to also take the uh, other guys who are waiting on the side, uh, waiting for a pass to mm-hmm. just score it. And then is also uh, Trich. Uh, uh, I was actually expecting him to uh, put it on the the empty side of the net, but he go uh, he went for the uh, keeper side and scored yeah, it because of the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then the goalkeeper sees it coming a little bit too late, and then he's fooled. So yeah, but it was the thing. Uh, Kiput makes the wall, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. was yeah. not. That was going to be my next question. Best. What did you think of Gokanakan's performance? Because he's one of my was, favorite goalkeepers in yeah, the league. Yeah, yeah. He, this he was, was a good keeper, but he wasn't yeah. on his best day, you know. And the mm-hmm. goal he conceded from yeah. Jailson, you know, he was. Yeah. I don't know what what can I tell about that? You know, he was like thirty-five meters or something, and. Uh, when you look at the goal from the uh, behind angle, uh, you can see his positioning is awful. You know, he's on the right side of the goal, where the opposite of the direction where the ball was hit from Jailson. So he was. Then uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, not a good day for him. <laughs> yeah. I also, I was really happy that Dennis uh, Trish scored a goal from cricket because he couldn't take the chance because of the captain Emre and Max Cruz's takes uh, and he was the t- third option every other day but none of them were on the field that time so he took it and scored it and I was happy uh, wasn't Cruz on the field mm, I don't think so uh, I'm, I, I might be I might be mistaken as well it's uh, been a while now so it's, yeah. uh, it's been almost a week we were a little also, late with this episode uh, Emre, yeah yeah uh, also, Emre Belzolo got in uh, in a late time in the game, and he played really bad actually because uh, the the passes you just uh, expect him to hit were, and he missed them all. You know, it was I don't know. It was a weird game for Emre Belzolo. So, uh, on the, another highlight, as you mentioned, uh, Atiba Hutchinson's perfect game. You know, to assist and the goal. Three. Three assists, yeah, yeah, three assists in the goal, yeah, it was great. Uh, and the other one could be uh, Trabzonspor's six-goal win, mm-hmm. where Alexander Solot uh, scored great goals and missed more of them. You know, yeah, he missed a couple. It's a great assist too. I really liked his assist to Sturridge. Um, yeah, he did everything a big guy up top should do. There it was really nice. And. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the also the biggest occasion in the week is the, the Sivaspor's leadership in the mm-hmm. league and how they get into the 2020s and as a leader in the league. Yeah, yeah and they, they, they immediately have to start 2020 uh, up against Besiktas on the opening uh, match yeah. day in the league in Vodafone Park. So that's going to be interesting too. Uh, but let's uh, quickly dive into a couple of my notes here. What did you guys think of, of the red cards of this match day? Because there was a couple that really, for me, seemed a little dodgy. Let's start off with the first one, Nadir Chifchi. Um, what did you guys think of his red card? 
Uh, Umudzil, I'll start with you. Uh, okay. Uh, as you know, Nadir Chifchi is a guy from uh, overseas, you know. I don't think he had a good communication with Fratidinus, like uh, some kind of lack of communication between them. So that kind of uh, could have went could have gone bad uh, around them because I don't know how a player cons- constantly argues to the ref after having been booked, you know. Mm. Well, I, I think it was understandable because I think he got fouled, to be honest. Uh, yeah, was a, everybody fouled. You know, yeah, it was a everybody. high boot from behind under his arm or something uh, from, from Vida and he got the fall against... So he was, I think, understandably upset. Then he gets yeah, booked. Yeah, but yeah, everybody gets fault, you know, and mm-hmm. everybody just wants their own right. Once uh, yeah. what did he even do? I mean, all I could see was he was he was running off, and maybe he he said something, but I can't imagine Ferrat Idolus heard what he said. So what he also what did... could have tell a bad word without knowing it's that mm. bad because he's a yeah. Englishman or uh, Irish. Yeah, I don't Scot- know. Scottish, I think. He's Scottish. He's yeah. actually he... Dutch. Oh, he's is he? born in Dundee. But he, he played for yeah. Celtic, right? And he played for yeah, yeah. Aberdeen, played for Dundee, for Celtic. For Dundee, okay. Right, right, right. So, uh, Jakub, what did you think of this red card? I mean, I thought it was it was stupid by both Nader uh, Chifche and Vlad uh, Aydunos. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really something I dislike about Vlad Aydunos is this. He has this air about him, like... He's a I don't know, some, Yeah, he is. And sometimes he just decides to make an example out of players and this is the 11th minute of a match I don't think you need to do that it wasn't I mean if it's a red card it's a red card but this to me I I think in the spirit of the game I don't know what he said look maybe he said something really bad but I couldn't honestly tell if he was saying something bad because he was he had turned his back I think he was running away I don't know it, it I mean just... you, you can see him after the challenge which I think was a foul against them so mm-hmm. I think yeah. uh, no, I I don't think that Fida should have gotten a yellow, but it should have been a foul for against Erbilia. Yeah, agreed. And then he walks up to him and he points at his uh, face like I think he says like I I got hit in the face, don't you see it? Mm-hmm. And then he makes like a uh, you know el kol so to say, and that's when he first gets his yellow. Yeah, but he just keeps going on and on and on and mm-hmm. yeah, he, he must have said something really bad because. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because Firat Aydunus, as, as, as you said, and as I said... We've seen know, it before with Aydunus that he... Uh... Yeah, you know, I, I don't like him as a ref. He's, you know, big games uh, in, in Istanbul. He, he pretty much always does this shit. So he might have said pretty much nothing. And uh, this happened or he, he could have said something really bad. So it was a dumb red. Yeah. Uh, Yasin Pelivan's red card. Any objections there, guys? far overturned it i think it's correct yeah, yeah. um then let's move on to the anchorage sport match there was not a red card here i thought this was pretty harsh too modo baro getting sent getting sent off in the 10th minute it was a high boot I, I guess he made contact with the studs but is it a red card for you guys uh jakub uh, what did you think i mean he did pretty much get him in the face like you know like a badrari kick so I can understand why it's so red. It, it was a really dumb challenge by him. Um, as you said in the beginning, we we on the podcast have been a big fan of his. So I don't know where this came from. But yeah, 
Yeah, he didn't get him in the face, but he pretty much squarely got like, him on the arm. On the arm, yeah. Yeah, so maybe because he got him on the arm, this mm. should have been a yellow. But... I mean, if it's the face, okay, but the arm... Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 first of all why why that kind of play, you know, it's really dumb dumb play for how early it was. He got a red card in the tenth minute. Yeah, but um, I think you see these kinds of positions very often and then so often they don't get direct reds and then sometimes they do. I find that very inconsistent. And like Burak would say, we we want we we want consistency in these sorts of decisions and I remember like I said, Ryan Babel getting sent off for something like that last two seasons ago or something against against Sherbilly. And then, like, you know, you see the exact same thing happen in another match, like, the same week or the week after, and it's a yellow or it's not even anything. And I don't know, I, I feel like this isn't a malicious tackle. It's maybe a little reckless, but I don't know. I mean, it really looks like I, he's kicking the guy into the like the pit from three hundred. You know, it 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 looks really bad. Let let me say it like that. What did you think, Umut? Was it a correct decision to give him red? Uh, the thing I think is the he you cannot not send this guy off. You know, as Jakub says, it's like a karate kick, like a Tekken kick. You know. High kick, a jump Did, kick, whatever. But didn't we it, see? But... Didn't we see uh, Luyen Dama do that and then get a yellow or something? <laughs> like Luyen Dama was sent off for that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Also, you see this touch, just touching his arm, you know. So it was just like Nani's thing against uh, Real Madrid like years ago, where Janet yeah, yeah, Chaco was the ref. So yeah. you cannot say that he's. In a good intent. What did you think of uh, Guray Vural's two yellows uh, for Gaziantep against Malatyaspor? I haven't seen them. <laughs> uh, Jakob, did you catch those? I, I I felt like they were the second one was like kind of like oh, okay, that's pretty pretty quick. Um, that was pretty much the only game that I didn't watch. To be honest. <laughs> well, come on, guys, the Adis Yahovic one is seriously. Uh, I, I yeah, I really wanted to get into that one because that just felt weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it right now, so just come back to me in like two minutes. Okay. Uh, okay, anything else that jumps out to you, Umut? Um, what did you think of uh, the goal of the week? Which was the best goal for you? Jailson, yeah, probably, you know. <laughs> really? Even if you, if the goalkeeper makes such a mistake? You know, you have to Doesn't hit the that target as well. From the... <laughs> Yeah, but I think yeah, it could be it could be you know uh, uh, which one I don't know. Mm, that's a hard question you have in there. Uh, yeah, you are not prepared. <laughs> I am prepared, but this kind of uh, I I could say as the meaning of the goal is the uh, alliance uh, last minute winner. Most beautiful goal, best crafted goal. Yeah, it could be Alliance Post last minute winner against Coinus Paul. That was a good goal, definitely. Um, Jakub, what was your goal of the week? Um, I got a couple. It probably is as uh, Inkudu's goal, which was really, really beautiful. Inkudu or Diaby? Inkudu, isn't it? Yeah, it was Inkudu, yeah. yeah. Um, that one was really great. Um, Scariona had a good goal. You're I a like sucker it. for a lob too, then? Yeah, I, I, I wrote in my notes. Um, just let me get my notes. Um, um there was what a great what a great goal by Enkudu, Fatitekke esque. 
because I remember I remember yeah. Fatistek doing this a lot. So yeah, I, I yeah, really yeah. Like and, and that. As a, as a goal preparation, I could say uh, as uh, last year's similar, where Musa Charan hit a 50 meter true uh, high ball to uh, Sisse. Uh, this time uh, it was Omar Bayram to yeah, Ryan Babel. Yeah, that was a good one too. Uh... Did you know? Uh, as I was on the game, I also witnessed that uh, as Ryan Bubble came in uh, when he was substituted in uh, as he came in it was a offside ball uh, and Ryan Dong was taking it and as Ryan Bubble was ca- uh, coming in he just started to run and he had that kind of communication with Ryan Dong you know from an instinct and mm-hmm. they just was they were prepared for it and Ryan Dong hit a, a high ball a high through ball to Ryan Bubble and He just missed the goal from down there. You know, they they both know what they were like looking for, and even if they couldn't do it, it was fascinating to watch. Like, uh, it was psychic, you know. <laughs> like, uh, I don't yeah, know. They, they them being in the same exact mindset But at they, the same yeah, moment. They, they know each other for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Some pasha and. So, yeah, and they grew Ryan up So Ryan Dong down there waited for him to just come in and started to run. Mm-hmm. It was uh, exactly what. What did you think of the red card for Adi Ziaovic, Jakub? I just saw it. Uh, I, I what did? I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. I know, um, right? I I think that the referee got, um, you know, the Gazante players got just got into his mind because. No, he just walks up and Diara, I think, just falls down for some yeah. reason. Yeah, it's like a um, little, like he brushes up to him a little bit, but he's not like intending nah, to push just, him or anything. You know, he he, he kind of, he, he extends his arm maybe like yeah. millimeters. But he's actually Diara, going in there to separate players. Yeah, to like, yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah, they just used those. I think VAR could, but they didn't. But they should have. I think. Wow, this 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 looks really dumb. I also saw the positions of Gurai uh, Bural. Harsh, um, right? Also, yeah, by watching a, some different angle uh, of this Arsiahovic red card, that was just uh, you know, uh, it's not a slow motion. That he has some kind of a bad intent in there because he just uh, hits him hits him with his elbow, left elbow. Yeah, but he's not. He's just like, eh, move aside a little bit. It's not like. Yeah, but he's a strong guy. Diara is selling it like he's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, but also hate that uh, the player is using that, that kind of uh, uh, intent to just fall around and one yeah, for a Remember la- a couple of weeks ago, I I made this plea for look if a guy tries to get another guy sent off with blatant theater they should get sent off i think that should be a new implementation with var if a guy clearly is trying to get another guy sent off like that they should just get sent off themselves and suspended for five games right, get this get this shit out of football it's ridiculous i mean this I mean, was a- not as blatant as we've seen in the past but yeah i mean it's, yeah, it's, it's a slippery slope yeah 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 i guess Um, yeah, for me, goal of the week also in Kudu, but that's just, I mean, I'm partial, of course, but I love a lobbed goal, a pro- because yeah. it's so, it's not easy, because, I mean, remember uh, Negredo against uh, Galtzray two years ago, it's not easy, 
<laughs> and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like we saw a lot more of those goals in the 2000s. Like, I remember Murat Hajolo scoring quite a few of those. Uh, yeah, like you said, Fatih Teke. Um, yeah, I mean, these types of lobbed goals, it just seems to to happen less. You know, uh, when he was in Trabzonspor, Mut Blut was a master of that, that kind of goal, you know? He has, like, was too many never of them. a master of anything? Uh, when Master he was, of being uh, incons inconsistent. Yeah, yeah, could be. He has some good goals, you know. Pa you remember that goal from Pascal Numa against uh, Dynamo Kiev? Leeds? No? No, no, no. The lob from like 25, 22 meters, 25 meters, 24 Wasn't meters. Wasn't it against Leeds? Like no, no, no. Against Dynamo Kiev in the oh. UEFA Cup. It's a really good lob goal. I remember that that goal like made such an impact on me. I used to try it every training when we were like <laughs> free for all shooting, and I actually managed to pull it off consistently at a certain point. But I never got the opportunity to do it in a match, unfortunately. But uh, I think my my uh, adoration or my love for uh, the lobbed goal kind of stems from there because I know how much effort it requires to master that. It's not easy. Uh, but once you get it, it's, it's like a feel thing, you know. It's yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's uh... it, it it's so graceful, you know. I remember um, Cantona's one just that just hits the post perfectly, and he just flips his uh, flips the collar of his shirt, and you have <laughs> Totias some cup some going that, 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 go that, like that that celebration. <laughs> yeah, but then with those guys, with those guys, you know, it's like they know what they're doing. With the Guru, I still kind of wonder, like, okay, is this maybe just a lucky shot? Although I have to say, like in the beginning of the season when he first played for Bistach, I, I often had the feeling, like, okay, you know what, this guy, he has a lot of speed, he's got some skill on the ball. But that's pretty much it. Like, he kind of feels like a headless chicken. But as the season has progressed and as he's been playing a little bit more and he's gotten some injuries, unfortunately, that have halted his progression or whatever you can call it. But I've, I've started seeing a little bit more of an intelligence in this game. It, it's not just trying to create chaos by doing random stuff. Like, there seems to be a meta to his madness. And sometimes I, I'm starting to see some stuff I really like. Uh, yeah, and, and he's he's right-footed, and a friend of mine earlier made the point, like, he he's, most of the time he plays on the left, and one of the, perhaps, negatives of him is that when he's on the left, he has that pace, but he always has to cut to his right foot when he tries to go in for the cross, if he wants to have a good cross delivered in, so maybe putting him on the right would be a better idea for Abdullah Avci in the second half of the season, he also scored his goal from playing on the right, um, I don't know, I mean, he's right-footed, and... If this goal is something he can repeat, uh, if his finishing from this side of the pitch is going to be better, maybe uh, he should permanently play on the right sides. Because I don't know, what do you think? Uh, is this something he could repeat or is it just a little bit, oh, he just got lucky there. Sometimes you just hit the ball well and you can tie it 10 more times and you won't, you won't get it a single time. You won't get it right a single time. I mean, I always think that players like Nkudu, um, you know, pretty good dribblers, always uh, do pretty well in Turkey, you know. It mm. uh, kind of feels like when, uh, you know, that part of uh, Dragon Ball Z when they go into the hyperbolic chat time chamber and they yeah. drop all the weights and they come back, like, really stronger. It, it always feels like that when they play in Turkey, you know. Um, so, I Th think... That's going to go over so many people's heads right now, <laughs> you know. You're talking about when Goku and Gohan go into the... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right, so, right. you know... Which uh, Mr. Popo. I, I, yeah, I think that uh, the players like Nkudu... 
Uh, a player that I really expected to do this was Bashajukolo. Um, I've seen it in Elia. You know, the players that are really good with the ball on their feet. Mm-hmm. They can make the difference in Turkey because of the, the, the difference, the, just how much better they are in dribbling, you know. So, um, as I said a couple of times, I think that Enkudu is, is a really good player, especially for the Turkish league. Um, it's just that, you know, still, even though they won this game pretty good, um, there's still some cracks in the in the foundation of your guys' uh, attacking force. And we talked about oh, this some cracks. Uh... Like huge cracks, like uh, the, the doors have been ripped off the, and everything. The vase has fallen on the floor <laughs> and it's been half glued back together and most of you it know, still so has to be glued back. <laughs> it's, 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 all, it's, 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 it's hard for players like him to show their yeah. quality when it's so shoddy in front. He's, uh, it's, it's difficult when you're like the one guy or... like I think it's the same with Adam Leic. I think it's difficult for him to show his true quality when the people around him like you have to keep in mind and kudu has this is his i think this was like his first start back from his injury like he he's only played 340 something minutes in the league this season that's not a lot so he's not played too often i think he's probably bishitash's no he's without a shadow of a doubt bishitash's best winger um and then burak hasn't been doing too well this season uh due to injury and other stuff so, yeah, it's difficult to, to shine when you're dependable on others to shine, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, agree. I mean, I don't think Alexander Solov would be doing as well as he's doing if he didn't have Nwakayeme, Sosa, um, Yusuf Sara, Sturridge, you know, all those guys doing well, too. Because they've all had at least, or, or they are consistently doing well, or they've had really good periods this season. You know, and, and and when you look at Besiktas, the only there's not a single player that you can say, like if you look at the the, the attacking line of Besiktas and you compare it to, for example, Trabzonspor, like with Trabzon you have well, Serlov he's been consistent throughout the season. Sturridge when he plays he's good. Uh, Yusuf Sara has been pretty good this season. Sosa was really good in the beginning of the season. He had a little bit of an injury and it's a bit of a drop back lately, but that's normal. Um, then uh, and then Wakayeme, uh, I think he's probably the most inconsistent from the guys up top, but he's also had a good season. And then if you just look at Besiktas, I mean, who's had who of those guys up top has had a good season so far? Nobody. I Except mean, for, honest, honestly, yeah. the thing that differentiates Trabzonspor from you guys is uh, obviously the team has been together for a long time, so they know each other pretty well. But uh, on the other part. Um, what I do like about Trabzonspor this year is that they have a lot of players that can do damage on their own, you know? Yeah. They don't need... I mean, uh, I get what you say, that um, without uh, without the wingers, that Charlotte should have, probably would have less goals. But you can see every every time that he gets the ball... and Not just the won- wingers, just the players around him. Yeah, yeah, I know. You guys, you guys have like three or four players that can score at any any time, you feel yeah, like. That, that's, and you don't that's, have that's that's what I like. Push. You know, you don't. Um, Awakaime can do something on his own. Um, you get, you have Serlo take the ball and run like a horse, and he yeah. tries to do something on his own. Um, pretty much all the players don't need the other players. It's it's good that they have the other players, but they aren't really dependent on them. You know, so I think that's the difference between between us and a, a couple teams in the league. Um, the problem uh, that you can see at Besiktas is, you know, Burak is uh, Burak is Burak. You can you can't really change him. I wouldn't even say that. I just, I actually don't think Buak is Buak. I don't recognize him most of the time right now. 
Like he's does he doesn't feel like the player he 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 was. Uh, he, like right like last season we were praising him in the second half of the season and how good he still is. Right now for me, Pura kind of feels like that guy that used to be really good but is now playing you know like like uh, Roberto Baggio when he was playing at Brescia you know you could still see the brilliance he had when he was playing for you you actually reminded me of his goal where the Pirlo gave him the pass like for 50 meters and he just one touch dribbled the keeper out and scored the goal do you remember that yeah, uh, yeah. it was his best goal I think and but you're right that Burak some kind of evolved into a player he we couldn't even expect him to be because uh, like if you had asked me like five years ago if like if Salchikinan or Brack will yeah. just last longer on the Turkish football I would say Salchik because he's like mm-hmm. uh, smart on the field and uh, yeah, he's a passer and you'd expect yeah, like how Emre is right now I would expect him to be like that kind of player but uh, right now he's rubbish, and Brock is just evolving into a great player, and yeah, but the, who, who doesn't just rely but on Burak pace. now is kind of feeling to me like a shell of his former self, and I didn't have that feeling last season. Like in, when he came and he had this, this his first six months, I really felt like he was still. I, I couldn't believe at what level he was so able to perform, and it felt like okay, maybe he's not the same physical player he was like four years ago but he's he's got experience he's learned he's gotten some other qualities along the way he's he's a better he's maybe a better player in gen- overall but right now he just feels like that like i said like roberto bajad brescia like a guy that for a team like brescia he's still gonna be great but when you're playing at milan you need to do it week in week out and right now i just don't have that feeling with burek burek for me right now feels more like a guy that would be a star if he'd play for i'm gonna say something like konyaspor for example like he'd be still a really big star if he'd play there like uh would you say uh nejata takes uh tour on the Anatolian yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, that's a good example. Uh, yeah, Nejati went to I think Antalya, and then he had came back to Galatasaray for a while. He also played for IBB, which is right now Başakşehir, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he scored really good goals down there. Yeah, and I think that's like for example, I was gonna say Başakşehir, but I think Başakşehir right now is is kind of a d- different thing than they were, would have been a couple of years ago. But I don't know, Burak right now for me it just doesn't. You can still see why he is who he is and why he's been as successful as he is. Like, for example, his goal against Konyaspor. And I feel like we've already kind of morphed into our talk on the <laughs> on the, the first half of the season. But I just really feel like that's one of, one also, of those things. Uh, also, Brack being uh, successful on every team he has been uh, in this decade, would you say he is one of the... Yeah, uh, yeah, he's been to Fenerbahce in, like... 2008 something nothing he stopped for uh, okay yeah so yes. would you say he's the one of the successful players uh, in this decade well that's something i wanted to talk about mainly next week but yeah, yeah of course i think Burak, if you talk about the 2010s and if you if if you talk about the 2010s and you ask for five players he has to be in that top 5 i think yeah I was having a discussion with my friends when I was like making the list for myself because it's something I want to talk to you guys and and, and Burak and Uzar uh, next week, like our top three of the decade. Uh, I think it's 
that gets really tough. Like the top three to get, to fit Burak in there, I kind of feel like you have to put him in there. But there's other guys that, like for example, Muslera. Obviously, he has to be in there. For me, he's number one. I think Atiba Hutchinson has to be in that top three too. But then, who's gonna get third place? Like you have guys like Burak, you have guys like Snyder, Edin Vischa. You have, I mean, Vischa. He's been the man of this decade too, but. The one detractor for him, I guess, would be like he hasn't won anything yet. But oh my god, we're going on to what we're going to talk about next week. <laughs> this is let's talk. Yeah, let's let's talk about this season, not yet this decade, because yeah. we're already spoiling so much. But uh, think about that already, and, and you listening as well. Just think about that already. Maybe send in some stuff uh, that you want us uh, to talk about for the next episode. But no, to get back to what I was saying, like Trabzon have this. Wailed, you know, uh, this, um, they just have this luxury problem up top, it feels like. And I think that also the 6-2 victory kind of illustrates what Trabzon's greatness and problems are at the same time. Like, they score easily, they have a lot of different players that can score, um, they're just a well-oiled machine going forward, but then at the back, there's, they can concede at every time. And I think that's their biggest issue still, and that's something they have to improve um, and, and for sure, you know, some of the criticism on, on Ulla Karaman, I think, in recent weeks has been that the football hasn't always been as it should be. Uh, I think Trabzonspor should be more dominant sometimes. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Sosa had an injury. Obemikel had an injury. Their midfield in the last month or two, three, has t- taken a little bit of a hit because of those guys being out for a while, then coming back, not 100% fit. And, you know, to dominate games, your midfield has to be in tip-top shape. And I don't think that's always been the the, the, the case in the last couple of months. So I do think that's a little bit of a... Um, uh, yeah, like, a little bit of an excuse for them. Um, but, yeah, what, what, do you, what, do you, what would you say, Jakub? Do you think that the 6-2 kind of illustrates the type of first half of the season Trabzon have been having? I mean, yeah, a little bit. Um, what what I thought, ju- just, a, just a really weird stat. Of the 17 games that we played the first half of the season only in the Super League, we had a clean sheet for two of those. One of those was the, was, was, was the week before this one against Konya Sport, and the other one was against Alliance Sport at home. Other, like all the other games, we conceded. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I think that a big part of this is that for some reason, you know, Karaman was um, was rotating a lot in the defense, and um, in my opinion, our defense is is like the worst uh, worst part that the that the team has. He did that a lot in the beginning of the season, but is he yeah. still doing that as often? I mean, he, he he still did some weird shit. I think he had a problem with Hosseini or something, or Hosseini had like... A, Didn't Hosseini like have a, some injury? Yeah, I think it was like an injury problem and whatnot. So that was the biggest problem, you know. Um, the Defense-wise, um, I think that Trumpsport is from of the big four, maybe, you know, like the, like the starting 11 is okay, but um, the subs, it's just like you're, you know, you're like... Putting a bandage on like an ar- like a broken arm, you know. The, if if the I was Trabzonspora, I would yeah. go for Marcelo. Um, Marcelo. Marcelo, Marcelo, ex Besiktas. Yeah, wants to leave but... Lyon. That would be yeah, a great yeah, signing. I know, I know, but I, could win I, you the I, title. I think I think weight wise, it would be really hard for us. You know, they are yeah, they are supposedly maybe. going for some big names like Talisca and Hulk. 
or something. Oh yeah, that's gonna work out. I don't see it happening. Uh, where where would you even put them? Just fuck off. Just put them in left back or something. Just top this for like old school. Just put them at right back. Okay. Um, but you know, um, you could see the team is doing well. The team is uh, one of the one of the one of the nicer teams to see to to see and watch play. You know, but. I don't know. Uh, this game, especially when it was 2-0, I was like, okay, we're doing okay. And then Kaiserspor had a really, really great goal. The 2-1 was a really nice goal. And I and, and immediately, immediately panic set in. I was like, okay, so I guess we're losing this game once again. Um, <laughs> and even though, you know, we have a lot of a lot of great midfielders and attackers, there's always a sense of panic at Trabzonspor. It has been like this for the last decade plus, like for... I think it's like in the genes of the clubs or something. Uh, in the genes of the club or something well, that I t- probably because they haven't won for as long as they have. I think that 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 plays along for sure. Yeah, I'm, it could be. I know. I don't know what it is. Like, every... I mean, look at look at Gerard slipping against Chelsea. I, oh, that, that, that's, that's definitely that's the same thing. It's the same type of trauma, and I think that's something. For example, like a club like like Liverpool right now. Look, it, it looks like they're gonna win the title, you know, with two don't fingers up their don't, nose. Don't but, jinx it. Just stop but, it. But look, <laughs> look, what I'm gonna say is, I think that a club like Liverpool, given the tr- kind of trauma they have, not having won the title since 1990, I think if you're a club like that, you almost have to go into the final weeks with like a 10 point lead. Otherwise, you're gonna choke. Just because of that history, and that that just starts playing in the players' minds. And I think it's kind of the same thing with Trabzonspor because they haven't won a title since what is it, 1984 or 1986? No, uh, 2010, not... 2011. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy but that Burak is here. But even then, even then, they had nine point lead, and they still allowed Fenerbahce to get back at level points. You know? Do you do you, do you say 96? <laughs> <laughs> so this is what we we're doing. We're going to make me angry. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it's it's yeah. You, no, I get, almost, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think as a, as a, as a Galstrai or or, or Bishiklesh or Fener, well, Fenerbahce aren't too well at coping with uh, going into the final weeks with uh, similar points either. Uh, but like for example, for a Bursaspor, when they did it in 2010, they didn't have a complex. They didn't have that history. They could only win. They had nothing to lose, you know. I mean, I think that uh, you know all the tra- all the transfers that we did this year. I think what uh, what was really good is that we brought a lot of players that are you know that that, that are winners. You got you got Obi Mikel, you got uh, Sturridge, you got Sosa. You know, all players that have a winning mentality. So let's hope that. What has Sturridge uh, won? Like you know, the Champions League last year. <laughs> you know those yeah, but things. Did he play? Nah. <laughs> I mean, j- just saying. You know, he, he, he no, no. But I mean, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But I also think that when um, in 2015-16, in the 14-15 season, Bishtesh had like Sosa, they had Dembaba, they had lots of good players. But I, I don't see those guys as winners because they, they yes, they're good players, play at a very high level, but they never really won anything. And then the season following, you bring in Mario Gomez, who has won, like, what, five Bundesliga titles, a Champions League. He knows what it is to win. And I think that's something that a team needs. They need to have one or two players that really know what it's like to go into those last four games with, like, a three-point lead or something and, and manage to... 
not choke. You know? So, like, you mean Haji and Popescu and Tafarel? For example, yeah. Tafarel, yeah, for sure. Uh, Haji, definitely. Uh, yeah, just that's the type of players you, you need, I think. And I don't know if Trabzonspor really have that. Because they have great players. But Don't you consider players... Sosa that kind of player? Nope. Choker. Nope? Mass- massive choker. Oh. So, yeah, he's a, he's a choker, man. He always choked when uh, he was playing for Besiktas. Like in the big games, he'd completely disappear. He'd miss like one-on-one opportunities time after time. Remember that game against uh, uh, the one-nil in Ali Samian that uh, Mario Gomez scored the goal. Mm-hmm. Sosa missed like three chances, man. That game, he could have killed it off. And that's the thing with Sosa. Like maybe the with actually winning the title, maybe that experience has changed him, though, because you need to have won something to be. So you would say uh, Trabzonspor is lacking a player like Emre Belazolo. Oh, my God, don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) You don't always need a player like that. Sometimes youthly enthusiasm is enough. Like maybe Sorloff just has a chat drawn. You know what I mean? Jakub, he doesn't give a shit and he doesn't infect him. But like a guy like Olsan, I think he needed a guy like Mario Gomez to kind of hold his hand when the things got rough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know the players of, of the mentality. I don't know the Trabzon players well enough to to say, okay, you know, these guys really need that anchor to hold on to. And like, you know, Obi Mikel, I he played for Chelsea for so long. He won stuff, but he was never really... Uh, a determining player there either. So I don't know if he's going to have that role in this team. It's possible he can. Um, but I think to really determine whether you have proper winners, you're going to have to go into those last couple of weeks and still being in the race, and then you're going to get to see whether a player is a winner or not. I mean, it's, it, it, it's obviously way too early to talk about it, but you know, it's, it, we just need uh, a player... Do you, do you remember when we had uh, Duricha? You know, player yes, like that. Yes, the, the like, Polish guy, yeah. Like, like Jan uh, Duricha. Co- Co- Young, no? right? Uh, Young? Check, check, yeah. Was, was it? Oh, yeah, right. So, he was know, like 35, 36 already, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, like a player that's old as balls, but <laughs> still doing well, you know? What, what kind and, of an expression is that? And you guys broken the Troy's ankles. I don't remember that, but... Oh, yeah, 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 I do, I do, I do, I do, yeah. He was just having a great season and he just <laughs> broke his ankles. Yeah, I remember that one. Was he at Konya then? Yeah, I could coach him once Konya. Ah, well then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you need, you need players like that. Maybe not the best on the pitch, but... Uh, just fuck it, just bring Tolga Zengen back, man. I'm, I just want Tolga Zengen back. Ah, he's a loser. Why, why would you want him? I don't know. He, he he has that big brother mentality, you know. Uh, with yeah. Trump, with the with a lot of young players that we have, he might mm. keep them at the straight path, you know. Maybe not okay. yeah. like a guy that's going to be like, okay, we're going to win the Champions League. But when when you see the young players slipping up, you have a, you have a player like him just pulling them by the ears and yeah, just maybe. you know letting them letting them come back to life. You Do know? you think Urjan still needs that though? I mean, uh, no, no, I I'm not know. talking about Urjan in particular. Just hmm. you know, just the team and just the team. On a whole, you know, you have you have Hussein, you have uh, you have Abdul Qadir Farmak, you have uh, Urjan, you have Abdul mm-hmm. Qadir Umar, who we hope is going to return. You know, players like that still need a little bit of uh, a big brother thing. That's yeah, what I liked when when um, when Burak was with us. He tried 
Um, he tried to get the young players and get them on the right path. I don't know if Burak was the right player for it, but he still did it. You know, you need. Yeah, a he's doing like that, that with with Besiktas too. But... So it's it's. I remember a lot of people being pissed that he was like kind of taking Abdulkader Umbro under his wing, but you do need a player like that doing something like that. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. You, you, just... you just don't want him to 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 learn his dirty mannerisms. Yeah, then. pretty pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's let's we kind of spoke a little bit about troubles in here. Like, so let's get a little bit into Galtzrai's first half of the season. Umut, um, ten points behind Sivaspor. Going into the second half of the season, um, signs of life now in this five nil with Thailand Antalya Thailand Antalya getting a chance. Uh, already some big rumors of, of new guys coming in. Henry, on- Henry Onyekuru is being very deliberately named. Uh, he's probably going to come in on a six month loan. Uh, there's uh, Sarachi from uh, from Leipzig who's supposedly coming in. Uh, on on a loan, um, and yeah, just in general, Galtzrai are probably going to try and make a big move. Still, They're, it's ten points, but they want to give it a shot. Still, what, do you think that, given their their first half performance, it's still possible? Uh, I don't know, man, because they have so many injuries in the in the team right now. Uh, Luindama probably uh, just uh, closed the season. Is, yeah. Is, uh, and uh, Florian Andone as well uh, uh, haven't been playing for a long time and it's been told that he has been just uh, terminated I that two loan. and a half months oh, yeah, that's possible. yeah and uh, because of that we could just uh, call uh, and buy a Jagner back for the team for the yeah, team's but then sake the the thing is like when we're looking at what we're talk what's being talking about now like for example Onyekuru Sarachi yeah I know um, uh, yeah, all uh, foreigners uh, foreigners and, and also yeah. uh, Martin Linus uh, is uh, coming back to the team yeah but it's, who's uh, getting who's gonna get dropped out because you're talking that, that's three foreigners already if I think in, I Diagne, think that's four yeah I think Andone is gonna be dropped down and, okay that's uh, one uh, Nagatomo is going Nagatomo, Enzo, really? yeah, Enzo, yeah. Enzo is also yeah, and Nagatomo going. Too? Yeah, Nagatomo is going uh, probably. I don't know what's the fourth guy. Uh, could be it could be Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Dumas. No, no, Jimmy yeah, Dumas. Nah, Lemine is brilliant, man. Does Jimmy Dumas count as a foreigner? I don't think so. He's a foreigner. I Does think. count? Are you sure? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, also, Didn't... could be. Wasn't there this discussion of Galtzrai having uh, 14 or 13... What, how many foreigners are you allowed to have in your squad when you for a matchday squad? Like, Isn't it, it 11 plus 2 or something? Yeah, it could be something like that. And wasn't there like a discussion of, oh wait, they had Jimmy Dumas on there, shouldn't that count? Uh, they lose 3-0 and then it turned out, no, Jimmy Dumas counts as a Turk, I think. I could be wrong. Mm, he's a Turkish, I think. Uh, he's He counts as a Turkish. I... I'm I mean, he's he's half Swedish, Syrian, Turkish. What is uh, it? If 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 uh, Luindama is not expecting to come out like earlier, they will then they will out. just remove him from the list. Yeah, and yeah. Enzonzi and uh, could be they can sell uh, Belhanda as well. Florandone is going. Uh, Nagatoma is going. So could be some. Sounds room. like a really big operation. 
Yeah, Ghost Rider yeah, is going to have is. 11 new players for the second half of the season. Yeah, like, because uh, we have too many injuries in the team. And I don't know if uh, Celtic is going to uh, last long uh, till the end of the season, but he could also retire right now. Uh, no one's going to object that. Yeah. Uh, also, we, we can. Uh, it's been said that we are going for Onyekuru and there's one guy from Eskishir Spur who's called yep. Sekidika. Mm-hmm. He's a right winger, left Another winger. Foreigner. Yeah. Uh, Where I don't are you know. Fit all these guys. I think that's also is is uh, Emremor uh, foreigner? No. No, he's uh, playing for the Turkish national team. So. Yeah. So uh, then uh, he's also, I think, uh, being terminated as a loanee. I really? think he he has been. He isn't not performing real well, you know. Yeah, true, but I mean, he's not on a high wage. He's Turkish status. Uh, uh, yeah. Being Turkish and a stupid player doesn't mean that you have a <laughs> place. In that's the that's team. that's mm-hmm. been the career of so many multi-millionaires in Turkey yeah. uh, over the yeah. last couple of decades. Um, uh, so, I think Embaya uh, Jagna is going to go uh, came come back. Yeah, I could imagine. Brugge terminating his loan for sure. Yeah, uh, we can use him. Uh, doesn't matter if he's good or bad because we don't have any strikers and we cannot afford a new one. So uh, Falcao and Jagne could be a good striker, uh, uh, you know, thing. Pairing. Pair, yeah. Not not pairing we, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we are playing Tom. with a yeah. Whatever. So alternatives to each other. Yes. So uh, and also we have Ryan Bubble. Up front, uh, who has been uh, not good, not bad. Uh, he's just in- inconsistent as he ever was. But it's, it's going to take a, a significant change for Galt's right to make up those 10 points. I uh-huh, yeah, and uh, I have doubts on Emrak Boba coming back because I don't know if he's fit enough to play a game right now. Uh, he is, you know, uh, yeah. he is injured from that Chikoriza game last season, last game. Uh, and yeah, the, you, they, they do say that usually breaking your leg is easier to come back from than actual uh, severe ligament tears or stuff like that. Uh, also as long as it's a clean the, break. Also, there's a yes, psychological effects on that as well. The, yeah, the for player sure. will be hesitational in every. Yeah. Yeah. Single tackle or every single yeah. dribble attempt. You and Emre Agbaba is a player that needs that uh, that commitment, that hurts to be as good as he is. He's a mentality player. Especially yeah. when he was for Galatasaray, I think what made him good was that he gave it 100%. And that's definitely a good point that you make, that if he has a little bit of hesitation in the back of his head, and in the beginning it's normal. And also, um, as you were saying that. that we have too many Yabanje foreigners, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why Terim has been uh, given this kind of opportunity to the, our youngsters like Yunus, uh, Atalay, Mustafa Kapu, or uh, yeah. other kinds of... we've already discussed that plenty of times in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, it's been a really bad thing that he tried to uh, play with Thailand Antalya at the end of the first half, you know. I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, at least he next. got an opportunity now, so maybe and and he made a good performance. So maybe he's going to get uh, this. Maybe has earned him a spot in the team now. Yeah, yeah, definitely because he performed really, really well. Yeah. Of course, you know he has to do it again. 
And he has to do it in competitive games too, because this was obviously, it was never really a match. Yeah. Uh, it was clear that Galstar was going to run also, away with this. Also, if, if, if we're going to uh, use Martin Ness as a left back, then uh, we're going to continue with Mariano on the right. And uh, I don't know if it's not because Shenar Özbayrak is consist, uh, constantly uh, injured, you know, injury prone. So uh, I don't know. We can rely on him, or we're gonna get, make a transfer down to that position right back. Uh, that's a really, really hard work for Fatih on the January transfer window. Yep. Uh, we talked about transfers here. So Trabzonspor, do they really need anything? They already got Badu Ndiaye coming in. Uh, we spoke about the defense. I think that's the biggest working point for them. We already spoke a little bit about it. Jakub, do you think that Trabzonspor are going to bring in uh, an experienced guy in the, at the back? Um, I'm not. I'm not really following the transfer news. To be fair, um, uh, it's, well, the window hasn't really officially opened yet. Yet, anyway, it's opening on the fourth of January and will run until the thirty-first. So, I mean, um, I know, but I still, you normally you get a little bit of rumors here and there. Like, well, you already like, got the NDI. Yeah, we all we already got NDI. I don't I don't know why they got him. You know, I I, I love that we got him, but um, yeah, they probably are maybe going to, to stop someone else from getting him. Yeah, but they're they, I don't think that a lot a lot of teams were were able to or were willing to pay the higher wages that he's earning. Um, What's his I, wage? I don't know, but it it it, it should be pretty high. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, like so you know, our, our midfield is pretty good at the moment. Um, Probably because Onazi isn't really going to be any worthwhile, uh, any worthwhile this uh, this season. So mm-hmm. they are doing that a bit. Um, I still think that we need a number ten. Um, obviously, the defense. We need uh, we need a defender. We need um, a left back for when Novak is injured or when, pretty much when Novak is going to leave at the end of the season. I don't really see him. Yeah, he hasn't extended it. Yet. No, I don't see him extending. Sosa is probably also gone, which hurts me to the core of my heart. Uh, um, yes, uh, there's already talk about him coming back to us, so that hurts me to the core of my heart to too. Yeah, I, I hope I, not. <laughs> he probably is going to go to Argentina for some reason. Yeah, he should go back to Estudiantes, I guess. That's his team, right? Or Independiente. Is it Estudiantes? I think so. Or I think it is. But, uh, no, there's talks of, of him maybe coming back to Besiktas. And, uh, he's a great player, obviously, but, I mean, at 30... We, we sh- I don't want Besiktas to be looking at a 35-year-old player. Yeah, just you know? that... Just it's great. I mean, if he high. stays at, at Trabzonspor, it's different, you know? Cause, but, yeah... No, uh, but yeah, Filip Novak. That's an interesting player for other Turkish clubs. I could definitely see Galatasaray or Fenerbahce throwing some money at him. Um, I mean, I can, you know, the 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 appeal of uh, of Istanbul is just too big. You know, that's I think that's pretty much what separates um, Trabzonspor from the other from the other top three. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, okay, we might we might be able to kind of compete with salary and whatnot, but just getting players to come to Trabzon. Even though you know, if if you if you go to Trabzon, it's a really beautiful place. Not just because I'm from there, it is a really beautiful place. But when you are like a 24 year old with way too much money on the, on the bank, and uh, you know, Novak is married, so that's a different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But no, you got no the, proper nightlife and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you, know, you got the Yengeler trying to be more into the fashion thing, and you just don't have that in Trabzon. So the appeal of mm-hmm. a place like Besiktas or Galatasaray. 
it's just too big, you know. But I, mm-hmm. I, if if he doesn't resign with us, I don't see him staying in Turkey. I might be wrong. I hope I'm not. Um, but I, I'm still hopeful that he will resign. If it was if it was up to me, just give him a blank check. Just let him write whatever he wants because he's been wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, the AKP will pay it anyway. Oh my god! I, would, uh, I have to yeah. fill in Burak's void here. Sorry, <laughs> I have to do it. You know the. It, as as a lot of Turkish teams, uh, a lot a lot of teams in general, not not only in Turkey, the left and right back positions are the hardest to fill. Yeah, you don't really have a lot sure. of good players coming in. So when when you have a good player like him, just just do whatever it takes Chain to keep him, him to you know. Mid, you know. <laughs> and I don't I don't see any players that can that can that can get get into the positions that he is in. You know, be be as as successful attacking as defending. You know there are a couple guys that I like, but uh, those are just you know players like Umut Merash. It's just you can't you they they won't eh, you know they won't sign. Really Nazim like Sangare is good, but he's a right back. Nazim's good, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see him pl- I don't see him coming to us either. But you know Trabzonspor is doing doing their best. Um, well, I he, think Umut Merash would be possible. I mean, he's just playing in Ligue 1, so. I mean, Maybe. still, if I was him, I would I would yeah, yeah. prefer playing in France in the second league than for playing sure. in Turkey. For sure. Even though you know, I I want him to play Trabzonspor. I just don't see it happening. I'm just I just mean like in terms of salary and stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Like he's course, definitely you could definitely tempt him, but uh, I don't know if he's worth like 1.2 million a year. You know that that would be a little bit much. I think. I mean, um, I don't even think that Novak is earning that much. Novak is earning yeah, like. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but there's one big talking point. We'll get to what Trabzon's for, but I just want to focus a little bit quickly on the other teams. Yeah. Uh, here, really poor start of the season. Just like Besiktas, Besiktas, Besiktas kind of go hand in hand in that they had a poor start the first five or so games. They only had like five or six points, uh, but then they really came back. They've gone on a great run. Uh, Besiktas had a great run, but they kind of got got halted um, and, and lost back to back games. Now they got a win this weekend. They're at 30 points, finished the first half of the season at 30 points, but Bashakshir kind of kept that momentum going, and they're going into the second season, uh, second half of the season as one of the hot teams, really. I think we've kind of slept on them a little bit. Of course, the, the focus is going more at Sivaspor, who are surprising everyone being at the top of the table, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, but naturally, the, the focus is going to go to Trabzonspor, to Fenerbahce, and then obviously to Sivaspor, and then and, and, People looking at okay, can Galatasaray come back? Can Besiktas get back on the horse? But Bashakshir kind of gets lost in there, and they the last two weeks they got really simple big victories. They just keep winning. Um, they look formidable under Okan Buruk, and they're what five points out from first place right now, I think. Uh, but given that bad start to the first half of the season, they definitely had a good first half of the season uh, with 32 points. That, that's a, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Um, do you think that 32 points for Trabzonspor is enough? Given, like you said, the team's been together for quite a while. Yes, there's new additions, but the the the, the heart of the team has been together for a long time. Do you think that 32 points is enough? Or do you, would you say, if you had to grade the first half of the season for Trabzonspor in terms of points, what what uh, what grade from one to t- from nil to ten would you give them? I don't know, like like an eight maybe. You know, um, they okay. they they have just lost like like really dumb points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that they should have won against Galatasaray. 
Um, obviously, the game against Denizla a couple of weeks ago. But yeah. otherwise, um, I think the turning point of this season will probably be, be the Rizespor game where we were behind 1-0 and we changed. Uh, we we came back and uh, 1-2-1. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's I think it's good. You know, we we all we lost against Sivas, against Gustepe, and against Denis Despor, and we drew against Kalsray and Başakşehir. So, Kalsray, yeah. Başakşehir, and Fenerbahce. So, um, yeah, obviously we need to win against our main rivals to make a difference. But other than that, I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, with what we did. Do you have a specific highlight for the first half of the season, like a specific reference point, like you just said, Rizespor, uh, the match? But is there any other match that would you say is the highlight, and, and what would be the low light? I mean, the low light is obviously um, the Denise Despor game. Um, okay. You know that that one was a game that we just shouldn't have given away mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, you can you can you know hindsight is twenty twenty. You so you can say that uh, we should have won the Sivaspor game, but you know at the time Sivaspor yeah. wasn't uh, that big of a rival of ours. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, a personal favorite of mine is probably the Bishkash game because of obvious reasons. You know, just to be, just to annoy some friends of mine, <laughs> just to be a dick. You know, but um, as I said like a couple times uh, uh, to my close friends and probably a couple times on the podcast. That generally the Trabzonspor Besiktas games are the are in my opinion the, the the greatest games to watch. You know, it's it's really fun games. Might not might not be for the losing side, but still the the the, the football that's being played is really nice to see. And yeah, and drama. There's usually some drama there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like without uh, it being uh, without it being dirty, without yeah. it ever being a without it screw being screw job or anything, without it ever being really controversial. It's always a yep. Usually a fair game with lots of, uh, yeah, spe- yeah. So you know, like what what really meant uh, a lot for the team was, uh, as I said before, the Chaykurizespor game. But personally, you know, the the, the Besiktas game, I I'm, I'm I'm still angry that we didn't win against uh, Fenerbahce, obviously for obvious reasons. Uh, um, and and like like the normal games against Besiktas, uh, the the big rivals. But uh, I think uh, the Chaykurizespor game is really important. Yeah. Let's get to that big talking point now at Trabzonspor. So, 32 points in the first half of the season. Probably their best first half of the season since, like, 2010 or something. Yeah. I, I don't know the numbers, but I, assume, I can only assume. 11. <laughs> um, yeah. So, great great year, really. A great season, uh, first half of the season for Trabzonspor. They're on a hot run. They have... One of the hottest strikers in the league, twelve goals, uh, top co-top scorer with Papi Cisse right now. Uh, everything going pretty well for them. Okay, they had some some little hiccups along the road, like you alluded to. That that didn't easily sport game, but then they trash um, our friends of Kayseri six to two. First half of the season is over. Happy New Year. Oh, and by the way, Unal Karaman, he's. He's being sacked. So the coach is being sacked. He's thrown out. Trabzonspor starting 2020, having to look for a new coach. What happened at Trabzon? What didn't happen? Um, you know, if, if 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 the rumors, you know, if you are to believe the rumors of which there are plen- there are plenty. Um, first of all, I don't believe them, but there are sayings that um, after the Denis Dispor game. Uh, Berat Halbayrak, the son-in-law, the 
a big Trabzon sport fan. I think he's also from Trabzon himself. Called uh, Owl and told them, you know, no, called, uh, <laughs> called you not Karaman personally. I, it, it, the story just gets weirder and weirder. But because it's Trabzon and Trabzon sport, like, there's a part of me that says, like, okay, this probably did happen. Um, so he called you not Karaman and he was like, dude, what the fuck? Um, why does the team play the way it does, you know? And if this did happen, um, props to props to Inak Karaman. Inak Karaman supposedly um, went back and told him, "Yo, I'm don't tell me what to do with my team because I'm not telling you what to do with the economy." You know, um, let's talk about the economy then. So supposedly, Berat then went to Ahmed Aul and um, yeah, there's so, a statue if that's true. By the way, if, if it's true, I don't think it's true, but uh, still. Um, so he went to Aul and he told him, you know. So you got to sack this guy because he told me this and all it was like, okay, sure, whatever. And the moment the news came out, like the whole Twitter, Twitter and Instagram and, um, and Facebook, whatever, just went wild. Um, supposedly, Suleiman Soylo went to Trabzonspor to talk, uh, to, to Trabzon to talk with all uh, Erdogan called. I, you know, like all these shit um, that happened. I, I believe none of them. Circus. Um, what I did like see and um, what I think is the problem after the Denizli Sport game, um, Aul gave, gave an interview to Bain Sports, I think, where he was really uh, critical of the team. He was like, um, he was he was critical of that uh, the team is still a team that doesn't keep possession a lot. Um, when they lose possession, they don't track back a lot. You know, standard stuff like that that you and I talk about and pretty much everyone talks about. But um, I think what went wrong is that because he did this in front of the press, you know, Carmen got a little bit annoyed and was like, "Okay, dude. Uh, first of all, we're doing, you know, we're doing really well. Why say this in front of the press? And if you think about this, if you think about it this way, just talk to me instead of doing it in the press. So mm-hmm. I think that the cracks um, started to form there. And um, after we... Yeah, didn't Unal Karaman also say something like he's talking more like a fan than he is a president yeah. or something? Yeah, so I, it's, it's also really weird. Like, you're the president, I know it. You're, you're, you know, your main goal is to, to have a competitive team and do well in the league. But just keep yourself out of the out of whatever. When, when there's a controversial time, just step up and um, try to take the blame and take it away from the players. But don't put blame on your players, you know? Do you think he's that... also? Do you think the, the the animosity maybe also has to do with the bad run in Europe because Unal Karaman sacrificed the the European run for the league and then didn't necessarily. I mean, he did well in the league, but if you're gonna sacrifice Europe, maybe you should be doing a little bit better in in the president's eyes. Maybe. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's that. Um, I don't think that's uh, the, that's the reason why shit went uh, the way it did. Um, you know, uh, I what what I personally think is uh, that it's like um, a big part of it is that things were said were said uh, in parts uh, in in to media that shouldn't have been said to the media, and um, well, obviously, you know, um, Al shouldn't have said any of this. And if if he did, he he should have said it personally to uh, to you know Karaman and. It, shouldn't have been like this big of a media circus that it is mm. um on the second part um you're not a fan you know you're the you're not the coach you're not the manager you're not whatever you're the president you shouldn't say this kind of stuff anyway um 
maybe yeah, the maybe... only thing a president in Turkey should do is cry about the referees. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's <laughs> you know just just the president should be shouldn't be in the forefront. You know, they should be yeah, in the yeah, back, yeah. and whenever there is a big but thing, that's not they... the way Turkish presidents think. I know, that's... I know, but you know, until now, I I was a big fan of Aula. I'm I still am. It's it's not like this changed anything or or something like that. Um, he has done he has done a lot a lot of good things, you know. So it's weird to see shit like this go down um, between him. Yeah, we and, have to remember where Trabzonspor are coming from with the whole Hajjo Smanolo time, yeah. you know what he how he left the club and stuff like that. But I it, it do worries me a little bit when you see these egos clashing like this and and basically these individuals putting their own personal egos ahead of the importance of the club. Is that something that? I mean, doesn't that bother you? I mean, it does. Um, the, the way it bothers me is that both of you know, you know, Karaman um, uh, had had a lot of uh, was influenced a lot of by uh, a lot by Shinol Ganesh. You can see it in the way he talks. Mm-hmm. How you know? I was his can, assistant too. Yeah, you can see it in the way he talks. You can see the way he acts. That probably trains his team, and he never comes off like a guy that has a big ego i still don't think he has a big ego and the same and the same goes no, but, for to, but to be successful at that level and stuff you all you have to have a certain degree of ego and everyone has an ego anyway i mean you, but you know you know what i'm talking about uh, i don't yeah, think yeah, that of course he doesn't have a problematic if, ego yeah like if, you, a, if you compare like it to people. a terim you know yeah. they're like two like on the on the like on a whole different plane, you know. If you Terim's ego is bigger than his house. Yeah. So when when this happened, I was like, okay, where where is the trouble? Is it like the the the, the president said something, or um, you know, you know, Karaman was angry about something. I don't. It's it's weird to see their egos clash like this because, as I said, you know, Karaman doesn't seem like a guy that has a big ego. Same goes for Aula. Aula has been a guy that's really down to earth. He, he has been a, a type of president that said like, "Don't accept a championship, don't accept this." You know, he has been really, really clear with everything he's he's been saying. You know, so it's really weird to see this go down like this. Um, I hate it. Um, I make that. I made that. Uh, I made that pretty pretty apparent on uh, all the social media I use. Um, I have I'm, I've been a big fan of Milan Karaman, even though he has some you know he has some shortcomings, but pretty much everyone has those. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just not the season to do this, you know. We finally yeah. gotten off of all those horrible trainers that we have, and you finally get a good guy, and the team is doing well, the players are well, the, the youth the youth players are doing well, the team is doing well, the the whole city is behind the team, and you go out and you just. Just Put kick a out the guy that has been like the fan favorite for a long time. Um, I've I've seen and heard a lot of Besiktas fans, Galatasaray fans, and whatnot. Not believe this, you know, because it it it's such a stupid decision, it's such an unbelievably stupid decision. And now we we there there aren't any good uh, trainers left, in my opinion. You know, I don't want to see him stuff at Denizli. I don't. I, Yilmaz Vural just shoot me right now. You know stuff like that. <laughs> the only one that probably could have gone come back was uh, is Channel, but mm. you know he's with the national team. I don't see that happening. Maybe for half a year. Um, but all talked about it, and he, he he said that they're going to proceed with Hussein Jimshir, which mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm I'm not angry about it because he has been with the team a lot of a long time. He knows the players. He, he probably knows them personally personally pretty good also. But how is he as a coach? That's the problem. Um, mm-hmm. He's 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 a first time coach. You know, you, the problem is how well is he going to do? Um, you know, Kahneman had a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, experience with uh, being the assistant manager to Channel Ganesh, um, being a manager with uh, Atanas for. I think he was also at Samsung. I might be wrong. You know, short short stints like that still mean a lot for 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 a manager. You know, and yeah. Plus, he's built up a rapport with the team as the trainer. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's just it it just doesn't make any sense in any way. You know, I I get that probably um, they both thought um, okay, this is we can just fit to a door together. But still, it it just bothers me a lot. I know, I know, I know a lot of guys in my uh, in my um, in my circle. You know, a lot of uh, family members, a lot of uh, guys that I know online that support Trabzonspor, um, act like the shit hit the fan and just end the season right now. And we're going to go back to the times that we lost six nil against Antalya, seven nil against that. You know, I don't think it's going to be such a bad. Bad day as that, you know. Bad season as that one. Um, well, you—that's almost impossible with this squad. Yeah, I'm. I'm still optimistic. I'm just. I'm just scared of. Um, as I said in the group chat, that there's going to be a new manager that is going to try to show his his managerness by, you know, taking off taking on the biggest player that we have and benching him or something. But mm. um, with Hussein Jimshah, I don't see that happening. I'm just. I, I'm still hopeful. I just hope that. Um, um, that uh, that the Trabzon sport a lot, and everyone in Trabzon don't act like all oh, is the devil for sending uh, sending <laughs> um, in all in all way, you know. Well, if if it ends up uh, if they end up not winning the title, I think that's gonna. I mean, it's gonna blow up in his face anyway. I mean, the only way that Aul can come out as a winner out of this is they lift the title at the end of the season. I think. I mean, I still even even if uh, Karaman <clears throat> kept going, I still didn't think that we were going to be. Uh, be champion, you know. Well, let's talk about that. Like, in, in, in no particular order, I'm going to give you an out on that. But what is the top three right now is Sivas Spor, Bashakshir, Trabzon Spor. Yeah. That's the top three at the moment. At the end of the season, who's going to be in the top three? You don't have to say who's going to end up first, second, or third. Just the top three for the end of the season. What is your prediction? Um, I do think Trabzon Spor is going to be in the top three. Um, in my opinion, um, Fenerbahce has a really good squad, so I also see them in the top three. But I, I really can't find a third one. Probably Basakshi. I don't, uh, I don't see Sivaspor keeping this up. Um, so you see them dropping out of the top three? Yeah, I can see them. Okay. I can see them losing valuable points against the big four. Okay, uh, Umut, same question to you. Top three at the end of the season, no particular order. Basakshi here, uh, Fenerbahce. And Sivaspor. Okay. Ha. Huh. Hmm. So Fenerbahce, Trabzonspor, Galatasaray. No Sivaspor. No. Nah, I'm gonna go. Uh, gonna go with uh, with Jakub here. I think. Uh, I think. I don't. I don't know if Sivas can hold. The thing for me is, I. It's gonna be very important. The first seven or eight weeks are gonna be key for Sivaspor, because. They're kind of like Bursaspor in 2010. If they can go into those final 
four weeks still top or two points off or whatever, for them, it's... They have nothing to lose. So I could see... It's easier for me to see them win the title than Bashakshi here. Because Bashakshi over the last couple of years... They were never in a position that they didn't have anything to lose. They were always in the position of, look, you have this squad, you have lots of money that's been spent on this, blah, blah, blah. You, there's, you have to win, it's time. That's been their pressure. And yes, they don't have a lot of fan pressure, but they had that pressure of, you have to win something with this team. And that's not the case here with Sivas Sport. They're in a similar position as Borsa Sport were. Uh, all those years ago, where if they win, they'll go down in history as heroes. If they don't win, they'll still go down in history as heroes. Like that uh, 2009 team of Sivaspor is still fondly remembered by the city. They'll not go down in history as, as, as heroes in, in the whole of Turkey, but in Sivas at least. Um, but So if they can get to those final couple of weeks still in that race, I think they'll definitely end in the top three. But... I think I just think like like Jakub. I think they're they're gonna falter early on. I think they're gonna drop points straight away. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if even though I I don't have a lot of faith in Bishiklesh right now, I wouldn't be surprised if Bishiklesh win that match on the opening match day, and then Bashakshir and Trabzonspor sneak closer, and then it's just gonna go downhill from there. I think that's my prediction. But my top three, yeah, I I still think. I think Galstra are going to do some big investments, maybe not like permanent transfers because they can't really, but I think they're going to bring in some good players on loan. Uh, and somehow uh, they'll they'll work some Fatih Terim voodoo. Uh, they'll get some dodgy calls uh, and uh, they'll uh, get some points they shouldn't have gotten probably through phantom penalties and uh, they'll get back up there. <laughs> Uh, but I think we we spoke enough about uh, all all of that right now. Uh, we didn't really spend enough time on Sivasspor. I feel like though they had an amazing first half of the season. Uh, they're playing really good football. That should all be said. Uh, an interesting statistic was pointed out to me earlier with the xG expected goals. Uh, Trabzonspor, Besiktas, Fenerbahce. Uh, Bashakshir are all really on the same level. They're scoring the amount of goals you would expect them to score. But Sivaspor actually are scoring a lot more than they would be expecting to score. And I don't have the numbers in front of me here right now, but we can deduce from that that Sivaspor have a very good conversion rate. Um, and I think that's also very much attached to form. And now we're. I, I actually think that Sivaspor would benefit from. Uh, an English season where there's no winter break because I think this winter break is could, yeah, this could be the stick in their wheel. So it all comes down to how Sivaspor come out of that winter break. If they can keep that momentum going, then yeah, who knows? You know, fairy tales do happen. Um, but let's let's go to the the standings, Jakob. Can you go over the top? Uh, of the standings and the bottom of the standings, please, and uh, well, just go over the entire standings actually. Since yes. So, at first, um, Sivaspor at the end of the first half still uh, leaders in the in, in the league, thirty-seven points. Uh, second, Başakşehir with thirty-three. Um, Trabzonspor is third with thirty-two points. Fourth is Fenerbahçe with thirty-one points. Fifth, you have Besiktas with thirty points, and I have to say this: they have a uh, they have a goal difference of five goals. So, <laughs> oh my God. Um, 
because they, they they only win goals by one goal difference usually. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, the yeah. top and four have, has like slips. 10 plus, like 13 to 19, and then you have Besiktas with five. <laughs> it's, it's really yeah. weird to see. Well, um, look at Malatya, for example, their their goal differential. Yeah, um, Alliance Sport is sixth with 29 points. Uh, then you have Galstra at seventh uh, with 27 points. In Malatya Sport, as the eighth, has a goal difference of 10 with 24 points. Um, they are uh, they are drawn uh, they are drawn with Gaziantep who also have 24 points but on a minus two goal difference. Tenth uh, is Gustepe with 23 points. Denis Despor is 11th with 22 points. Chaiko Rizespor, um, who, who I think has a has a pretty good season going, um, has 20 points. Genslerbili has 18 points at 13th. Uh, 14th, Kasim Pasha has 15 points. Um, 15th, Konya Spor has 15 points. 16th, Antalya Spor has 14 points. So uh, the battle for the relegation zone is still pretty, pretty, pretty close. Mm-hmm. Ankara Gujo 17th has 12 points. And Kaiser Spor 18th has 10 points. Um, before we go, um, I also have like um, the difference between the home games and away games. And mm-hmm. I think this is pretty much where, uh, where Sivaspor shines because... They are at the top of the league at their home games. In nine games, they have uh, they have accumulated 25 points, and that's um, the second best is Besiktas with 20 points, and Fenerbahce is third with 19 points. So as you can see, the difference is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, Trabzonspor is, is seventh with 17. Başakşehir is fifth with 18. So uh, Sivaspor made their difference in in the home games, and the away games. Um, in this one, the Top three teams are Trabzonspor with 15, Başakşehir with 15, and Denizlispor with 15. So you can see that Sivaspor is re- doing really well at home, but away they are they are also doing pretty okay. They have like 12 points from uh, from eight away games. Yep, kudos to Denizlispor, 15 yeah. points. Yeah, yes, really unbelievable. Um, yeah, let's head into the top score standings then. Papi Sisse and Alexander Serlov share first place with 12 goals apiece. Then Bogdan Stanku, who was not in action this week, he was suspended, is on second place with 11 goals. Then we have Adis Jahovic and Vera Muric in third place with 10 goals uh, for both of them. And then on fourth place, we have Enzo Crivelli and Gaziantep's Kayode with eight goals. And then in fifth place, we have Sivas Sports' Mustafa Yatabare with seven goals. Heading over to the assists, we're just going to go to the top three here because um, there's a lot of players who are on third place. So in first place, we have Janer Erkin and Edim Vischa. They both have seven assists. And in second place, we have Guillerme with six assists. Then in third place, we have a plethora of players here. Adem Leitch, Emre Kilin. Max Kruse, Omer Bayram, Alexander Serlov, Junior Fernandez, Ismail Aysati, Hayradinovic and Kayode. They all have five assists. The only player who is in both the top scorer list and uh, also the well, the top five top scores and the top uh, three, I should say, assisters is Alexander Serlov with 12 goals and five assists. So he has already been involved in 17 goals this season for his team. That's pretty impressive. Um, guys, quickly, Jakub, striker of the first half of the season. Who's who's the guy for you? The, the best attacker? Serlov. Umut, who's your favorite attacker in the first half of the season? It could be Muriki. Murich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... 
Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. I think it's a very tough one. Muric has been so important for Fener. Surlov has been so important for Trabzonspor. Just for the fact that Trabzonspor are further ahead, I would say Surlov. Twelve goals, five assists. It's really impressive. Uh, best midfielder of the first half of the season, Jakub. That that one is difficult. Um, I <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, with a player from Trabzonspor and a player not from Trabzonspor. Um, for Trabzonspor, obviously Sosa. Um, not for Trabzonspor, probably Emre Kalinc. Umut, best midfielder? Mm, that's a hard one. You know, it could be, yeah, it could be so sober. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> really. Uh, that's a tough question. I would say Sosa. Has to be Emre Kilinch for me. Uh, defender, best defender of the first half of the season, Jakub. Um, so once again, Trabzon first. Um, for Trabzon Hosseini, um, in the league, I, I I have to be honest, I'm not that um, that good with who's the best in the league. But uh, I'm a big big fan of Vida, so I don't I don't know how how good he was this season, but I'm I'm a big fan of his. He's my pick, so he was he's okay. been really impressive. I, apart from the first couple of weeks, he was he started slow, but he's been really impressive uh, since. And I think he's one of the the reasons why Besiktas are still. That high on the table, despite that poor goal differential. And I think that's more down to the fact that they just don't score that much. Uh, Umut, your pick for the best defender of the league? Mm. First half of the season? I could have said easily uh, Luindama, but he's been injured. So do I have to pick someone else? Mm. Who's, who's been the best? Yeah. Uh, Even when he wasn't injured, how was Luindama the best? Come on. Yeah, it was good for God. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Do you want me to say Campi or something like that? <laughs> I, want you, I, want you to say, I want you to say Vida because he's clearly yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. Vida, is, Vida is great. Vida is great. Uh, and also, we have to keep an eye on the uh, Alliance for Defender, Veliton. Mina, 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 Arturo Mina, come on. Yeah, nobody. Arturo Mina for ah. every Korean Emelitis bar. For me, it's either one of those. Vida or Mina, they're both great i love I, I i've said it i think for months now i'm really a big fan of does this, mina. does this mina has any relation to the barcelona mina no no this one's uh, arturo mina is venezuelan i think and uh and the one you're thinking of he plays for everton now yeah he's colombian uh, he's colombian yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeri yeri Okay, sorry. Blame. Also, Coo, uh, Coo, 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 also we have to choose a, a back as well, you know. Nah, just we were just gonna go striker, midfielder, defender, uh, and now goalkeeper. Goalkeeper of the first half of the season for you, Urjan. <laughs> Urjan, and then I'm not, even, I'm not even picking a guy that's not from transport. It's, it's <laughs> uh, oh, this is a tough one, goalkeeper. Muslera has been in great form once again. Uh, Urjan is having a great season, of course. Um, yeah, I think it has you to think, be... Uh, because of that France game, Mart some... has a chance? Mm, no, I don't... We have to look at the, at the league. And I think uh, Samasa, Samasa is pretty good for Sivas. Farnal? Um, Farnal's been good. I mean, I like um, Neto, but like couple games he's really good Beto, yeah but Beto's been no Beto no come on no Carius uh, K- has had a really good first half of the season I feel but uh, definitely not worthy of uh, being the best uh, I'm gonna have to go with Samasa 
from Sivaspor. Um, and yeah, the Burak and, and Uzer, they weren't here, so they don't get their say. I don't know if there's anything else we should discuss, uh, guys. Uh, biggest... uh, UFA's, UFA's best save of the 2019, it was Muslera's save uh, versus Club Bruhe. Which one? He had a couple. Yeah, that corner kick save uh, where Vorma took the corner kick and I think it was Delhi. Oh, in the first match in Imbri. Yeah, yeah, the first uh, match. Uh, I was there, you know. <laughs> oh, I know God. you were there. <laughs> yeah, I have gone to... Had to, uh, had to play to your personal three, GPS. Three different <laughs> countries to not see a single goal. Yeah, yeah. You'll never do that again. Um... Okay, biggest revelation of the first half of the season. It can be a team, it can be a player, it can be a coach, it can be yeah, anything. Definitely Sivaspor. Hmm. Jakub, for you? Um, team, Sivaspor, obviously. Um, player, I think it's a draw between Serlot and Emre Kulinc because a lot of people mm-hmm. didn't expect Serlot to play this good. Yeah. Um, Coach-wise... Yeah, I, yeah, you have to go with Riza Chalumbay and uh, yeah, my personal pick is Yunal Karaman, of course. Hmm. <laughs> so, did I miss any? No, that's fine. Uh, coach and uh, and uh, player and player, yeah, for you, Umut. I would say uh, Emre Belazola's determination and how he fights for his win, even though he's been forty. Right. Is that still a revelation for you, though, after his time at Bashakshir, where he showed that too? Yeah, but he's uh, still uh, continuing to impress, you know. Uh, and I just shat on him earlier in the episode, but okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, okay. That's that's a different kind of thing, you know. Yeah, uh, him, it's a moment in uh, time. His last game, he wasn't that good, but yeah, he just in came general, back from injury. Yeah, seeing seeing Salchikina in every single game, you know, uh, experiencing. That kind of a uh, thing. Uh, Emre Belzo continues to impress, even though I'm not a Fenerbahce fan. And for coach, definitely Riza Chalamba is a good thing. And uh, also, uh, it still continues to impress to watch Errol Blood. Yeah, uh, yeah, Emery Kilinc for me. I mean, not so much a revelation. I mean, he's been good consistently for a couple of seasons, but he's really he's picked it up. He's playing at a very high level right now. Where last season, at the beginning of the season, Besiktas were interested in him, and for me, it was kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, squat that player, whatever. I could see him as that, but now. As he's been playing now, if he can bring that over to a bigger club and play at that level, then you can see him simply being a starter. And that's I didn't see him like that six months ago. So definitely, uh, Emery Kilinch is the player for me. Uh, team has to also be Sivaspor, without a doubt. I don't think you can go anywhere else. Uh, and coach... Um, Riza Chalambay. Atom yeah, Karinja. Has to be. Riza has had... I mean... He's had good runs with teams before, um, but yeah, it's pretty spectacular. And they're playing good football on top of that. Like when he was at Besiktas, I didn't like the football he was having us play. Uh, it feel it felt kind of like he was a little bit too. Af- it was afraid to lose and stuff like that. But it feels like he's playing very gutsy now with Sivaspor. Now I don't know if he would ever go to Besiktas again. If he would still play that same type of football or if he would be too afraid again. I don't know, but um, it, it changes, you know, when you go to a Fenerbahce Galatasaray, 
um, you it, it it has an impact on a coach. Like they don't have they have they have the pressure to win every weekend week out and. It has a certain mental impact on them, but definitely he's, he's been impressive. So, yeah, he deserves a nod for sure. And uh, if we have to go to, I mean, just based on the first half of the season, they have to if we would have to give a manager award, it would definitely have to be Riza Chalambay. So, uh, I think that's that's pretty much it for uh, Flop this of the uh, season. Tickets, uh, sorry? Flop of the season. Flop of the season. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, Jakub, what's your flop of the season? I don't know. I really F- flop thought. of the first half of the season. We have to say. Yeah, this one. This one is hard. You know. Um, yeah, obviously for Trabzonspor, I think that. Um, so I don't know. Um, for Trabzonspor, it probably is Avdijaj because a lot of people had some high expectations for him. Um, as uh, personally, I think for the league, I think it is. I don't think Umut is going to be happy with this. I think it's Falcao because, you know... No, I'm, I agree with that. Okay. I think this is pick too. <laughs> no, I don't know. You never know. Uh, a lot of a lot of expectations. Uzer wouldn't be happy with it. I think Umut doesn't mind. Okay. A lot of expectations and, you know, big injuries, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of money. I think that, you know, with everything that came with him, I think that Falcao is pretty much the biggest disappointment for, for now. For now, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, Falcao has to be it. Um, just because of the fact that he missed so many games and uh, when he played, he didn't really impress yet. Uh, but, you know, could still all change in the second half of the season. Umut, uh, your pick? Yeah, definitely Falcao and Seri as well. Seri? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm also, I have to say, I'm disappointed. Not so much in the player, Tyler Boyd, but I'm very disappointed in the... the Where is he? That's, yeah, that's, that's the thing. He's not getting any opportunities, really. I mean, he got like 10 minutes uh, against... Uh, against... Against really, but... He's barely getting any chances, and... I had really high expectations for him, because I really, really liked him at Ankaragücü. I like the type of player he is. And uh, yeah, in that in that regard, I think he's definitely the, the biggest disappointment for me. And I'm not really, I don't blame him for it, really. I, I'm really more disappointed in Abdullah Avci not giving him a fair chance, because I, I feel like he hasn't really had uh, a lot of chances following the, the Sivaspor game. But yeah. The, as a coach, would you consider Fatih Terim as a, <laughs> the one? The disappointment? Yeah. Well, yeah, I definitely think if you look at the players he has at his disposal, and obviously, he ha- you know, Galtzray have had their fair share of injuries, but I think you know, twenty-seven points with this squad—that's that's just a. I mean, if you have to, if you had to give that a score, I think it's a three out of ten at best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what 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 is your grade that you would give Galtzray's first half of the season performance in the league alone, not looking at the Champions League? Well, uh, we've been pretty bad because we have a long run without scoring goals, so mm-hmm. and some bad choices. Uh, and still from, a better goal differential than us, I think. Uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> uh, even though we scored five against Antalya Sport, you know, yeah, it wasn't a good petty. thing, and we just failed to win against Ankara Giju. Well, there was uh, a. Guy sent off from Ankara Giju with ten men, and uh, they still came down from a two-nil lead, uh, nil defeat to draw and uh, make a draw. Yeah, yeah, and that's a bad thing uh, coming to the five terms 
Uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, so your grade for for Galtry then, out of ten? Uh, out of ten, I would say six. Okay, that's not too bad. Mm, yeah, because the potential is good, but you know, we can use it. So we have to flame it up a little bit for the next half. Okay, uh, given Besiktas' start to the season, given the injuries that they also had, um, I think 30 points is acceptable, it's okay. I think a 6.5. Um, I, I don't think that he could have done much better. I think like maybe 35 points if everything would have gone our way a little bit more. Uh, but I, I just think that, you know, given the circumstances, 30 points is okay if you look Two seasons ago, with Talishka, with Pepe, with Ryan Babel, with Alvaro Negredo, uh, with, with all those uh, with great players like Adriano and and and, and Fabri. Was Fabri still there? Whatever. Uh, with, with a good team, Sinal Gunesh only got thirty points, uh, and then last season he only got twenty six points. So thirty points is okay, I think. Um, so I give him a six. I, I give Abdullah Avci in that regard a six and a half out of ten, just purely based on the points, uh, not purely ba- not based on the the performance per se. Um, I think that's gonna do it, though, right, guys? Any more things you want to talk about for the first half of the season? Not really. No, okay. not not that I can think of. Okay, then let us go and uh, go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Happy you guys new decades. Happy new. 2020s to yeah. the listeners who are a really important part of our thing uh, podcast. Yeah, thank you. yeah, thanks all the listeners for listening, of course, and uh, following the podcast. Uh, wish you all a great 2020. If you're a Besiktas fan, I win. I wish you uh, a very wish you nice, uh, <laughs> nice title celebration. If you're a Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Trabzonspor fan, I wish you all. A very nice second position. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Uh, no, all the best to everyone, of course, in 2020. And, um, yeah, hopefully, I just hope that we're going to get a really fun second half of the season. Fair, without controversy, without BS. Uh, I hope that's... Without any be, yeah. things from the war. <laughs> yes, with the, with the, you know uh, who posted that? I think it was something I liked on Twitter. Oh yeah, a friend of mine, Aaron, he uh, quoted like this post of how they do it in Australia, where they actually have the VAR conversation. However, live that's on a TV. long, long thing ago. You know, uh, it's like a three-year-old footage. Okay, well, anyway, I think that's an interesting idea, though, because in Holland, they sometimes, they uh, after the matches, they, they, they do uh, show the, the VAR conversation. I remember, was it last season where there was this uh, big co- controversy between Ajax and Heerenveen with uh, Guzebuuk, uh, who gave yeah. like, a really controversial penalty to Ajax, and uh, they, they actually um, allowed... Uh, the, the footage, the, the the sound to be broadcast and stuff like that, and I think that's the way it should be. You don't, you shouldn't be holding your hand above uh, above your referee's head if he made, if he's wrong. You know, like yeah. I think that's the that thing that's happening right now where the TF. I just feel like the TFF is holding their hand above Junaid Chakir's head, uh, and I don't think they should be doing that. I'm not saying that he should be crucified and should be fired and stuff like that, but I think he should be held responsible. Uh, and not just behind closed doors, because it's po- it's possible that behind closed doors, you know, he got reprimanded. Because I don't think he got a match this this weekend. But that's not enough. I think you need to make it a little bit more public, uh, just to set a little bit of an example. Not, you don't have to crucify him, like I said. But I think it needs to be made clear that that the referees cannot just go and 
deliberately be uh, picky about what taste they they acknowledge and what they don't acknowledge. It can't just go and ignore stuff in a match. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that we already discussed last week. But uh, yeah, Jakub and Umut, thank you both very much for joining me, and uh, thank you for listening to Football Alla Turca. And next week we'll be back, of course, with our decades uh, look back. Uh, or whatever you want to call it. And, of course, uh, as the transfer window opens on the fort, there's probably going to be plenty of stuff to talk about on that front, too. So we'll be talking some transfer stuff in the coming weeks until the second half of the season starts again and when we pick back up with uh, matches, of course. So, guys, thanks, and thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.